I don't know Pop Rock He had on that song Don't Mean Nothing Joe Walsh played the slide guitar on And that was his first big song And that had kind of like a Eagles Southern Rock Almost kind of feel to it But What's interesting about Richard Marks Is Lionel Richie uh, I think Richard Marks sent him a demo or a, or a song or something And Lionel Richie was like You should come out to LA I can't make you any promises But you should come out here And give it a shot And so Richard Marks came out to LA Kenny Rogers said That Richard Marks was hanging out At his studio with Lionel Richie And Michael Jackson All those big 80s stars Then Richard Marks has the song Don't Mean Nothing Then Should've Known Better Got to be a big hit That featured Fee Wavell Who was the lead singer of The Tubes She's a beauty She's one in a million girl And then Richard Marks Puts out the song Endless Summer Nights And then he, Then he went to number one With Hold On To The Nights It was more of a ballad And a friend of mine said to me today Why was everybody trying to sound like Peter Cetera in the 80s? (laughs) Peter Cetera, the lead singer of Chicago Who then left Chicago in the 80s when he was super hot But then, yeah, people kind of forget about Peter Cetera He had some hits in the 90s and then faded away But yeah, Richard Marks then was like he, he puts out a second album Called Repeat Offender That had Satisfied That song went to number one Da 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 I won't give up until I'm satisfied And then the next song Was The one That everyone remembers him for Pretty much Wherever you go Whatever you do I will be right here Waiting for you Which could have been A Peter Cetera song That went to number one Still gets played At weddings and stuff Then he had a song Called Angelia And I bring that up Because It's not Angelina Like Angelina Jolie It's Angelia Angelia And he said He was inspired By Def Leppard And the song Hysteria And stuff off of Def Leppard The rock band's Pyromania album And Def Leppard liked Angelia so much That they did a song later on That was inspired by Angelia People forget about Angelia I don't think that went to number one But it was a pretty big hit for him Then he did another song with Fee Waybill Called Too... Was it Too Late for for Goodbyes? No, that's that's the uh, Julian Lennon one Uh, Too... Something Goodbyes Then there was uh, Children of the Night Which was not a song About vampires But was a song about Homeless teenagers And the money from that Went to help out A shelter A teenage shelter In Van Nuys, California Which is where yours truly Lived For some of his teenage years I was there As a very young kid Into my early teens and Van Nuys was where Filmation was Filmation Which fe- they, they made a lot of the cartoons That I was watching as a kid And probably you were watching If you were Growing up in the 70s Fat Albert What was the other ones? The 
my favorite Martian. All the Star uh, Star Trek had a cartoon that was filmation. As we go outside a cafe anyway, we were bringing Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcastro Valley 10, the last place on Earth. Richard Marks had, did he have anything else after? They came out with another album that had that song with Luther Vandross on it. I don't know why I keep coming back to you. And why I was thinking about Richard Marks was because of the next single that came out, which was called Hazard. And it was this weird song that had really cool kind of synthesizer flute thing in it. So now he's into synthesizers at this point. And it, but this is in the 90s, early 90s. And he had this song, Alertered by the River. It's some kind of weird song where it's, a, it's telling a story and he gets accused of killing his girlfriend or something and there's a river involved. Leave this old town. And then he had a song, Nobody's Gonna Take This Heart From Mine or something. Oh, and then later on, oh, and then and Now and Forever, he had that ballad that gets played at weddings in the 90s. And then later on, he writes a song with Luther Vandross. And Luther Vandross passes away, and it was a song about dancing with his father. And that was like a big, it won a bunch of Grammys. And then Richard Marks wins an award for that. I met him at a thing in Hollywood after the ACM Awards, the Academy of Country Music Awards. And it was this restaurant. They had, uh, there was DreamWorks. You remember the movie company? They made some, what was the, Ants? DreamWorks, what else did they do? I think there was the DreamWorks They had a country label And Toby Keith was on it The country singer And they invited us to this party After the Academy of Country Music Awards And they had won a couple of awards And I got a picture with Toby Keith And about 15 other people Ooh, including uh, the ex-girlfriend That I was talking about earlier in this show And I remember holding Toby I was holding his award From the Academy of Country Music Awards uh, and he said, go ahead and hold it when we take this picture. And I said, Toby, what are you going to do with that award? And he said, I want to turn it into a bong pretty soon. That's what Toby Keith told me. Then I see Richard Marks there. Actually, I didn't see him. At this point, uh, My the girlfriend that I had that I would later marry and then get divorced from. But she was there with me and she goes, oh my gosh, that's Richard Marks over there. So I went up to him and told him that I had seen him in the summer of 88, I think it was, 88 or 89 at the Ventura County Fair. And that I remembered that he sang the song Lean On Me a cappella with his band. And he goes, oh, I remember that night and the moon was full. And uh, it was, yeah, one of the few times we did that song live in concert. And he remembered that show because the the venue was really cool. It was right by the ocean. But he seemed like a nice guy. I'm a little bit taller than him. Not that that means anything. (laughs) Size doesn't matter. Oh, which I should add, Toby Keith is much taller than me. I think he's like 6'5 or something. But yeah, Richard Marks, very nice guy. And 
the other thing I was thinking about was how Hollow Notes had all these hit songs that you know, you know, the what I got both happening, and I can't go for that and all that. But I was thinking about their mid '80s song, "You're Out of Touch." And from that album There was another song Called Method of Modern Love M-E-T-H-O-D-O-F-L-O-V-E And then a song Called Some Things Are Better Left Unsaid And I had never seen The video to that I watched that today It is so funny Because it's sort of Hauling out Going a little Harder rock Sound And it was not A huge hit But I remember I was like Oh yeah This song was pretty cool and the next single was called Possession Obsession And you know how Daryl Hall sang most of Hall & Oates stuff He sings lead on most of it But Oates, John Oates Sang lead on Possession Obsession And in the video he's driving around in a taxi And he's picking up odd interesting characters In the back seat of his taxi And dropping them off And then there's Hall or uh, Daryl Hall and the rest of the band Dressed up in these like shark suits and with their bouffant hair looking like the 50s Because in the 80s It was very retro 50s It was very cool to look 50s in the 80s For some reason You had Billy Joel doing his 50s album Innocent Man You had the Stray Cats getting popular With their 50s sound And then Hall Notes Doing this kind of a retro thing With Possession Obsession Which didn't sound like a 50s song It had all this Synthesizer stuff going on in the background Synthesizers But John Oates saying that Was not a humongous Hall Notes hit People don't really remember it Unless they're Hall Notes fans And then they would have Hall Notes would do the song Everything Your Heart Desires That was the next album There was a album after that That featured I thought Somebody told me John Bon Jovi co-wrote a song With Hall Notes Or Help pen a song called So Close Yet So Far Away So Close Yet So Far Away And that was early 90s And then Hall & Oates start to have Little smatterings of hit songs They don't have the big Chart success like they had In the 80s But then later Daryl Hall starts his own YouTube channel And he performs with all these different musicians And bands And he's very interesting to listen to He tells stories about the halcyon days of Hall and Oates. So let's say Hall, Daryl Hall, and John Oates get to a hundred years of age. How is that even possible? Well, people who live longer tend to be optimistic and manage their stress well, says Thomas Stresswell. No, his name is Tom Pearls. He's an MD and the Distinguished Professor of Medicine at Boston University School of Medicine. This according to Barron's.com. Tom says, And optimistic people tend not to be neurotic where they internalize their stress rather than let go of it. That apparently helps you get to 100. Also, he marvels at the resilience of individuals who reach an advanced age and notes that a surprising number of people who approach 100 live productively despite serious health ailments. He says about half of them have a history of aging-related disease like heart disease. Maybe they had a stroke at 
85 or have a history of cancer or diabetes. What's remarkable is how they still are living independently in their mid-90s. Normally, such diseases would carry a high mortality risk, but these individuals have a level of resilience that mitigates these diseases. He also credits good genes. Genetics is playing an incredibly strong role at the very oldest ages. And there is apparently a living to 100 life expectancy calculator to help you assess your uh, assess your odds. Uh, for decades, we've known that good nutrition, regular exercise, and maintaining a healthy body weight can extend our lifespan. And it's no secret that socially engaged folks with an active mind keep doing those crossword puzzles, which my mom was still doing up until she passed away a couple months ago. And she's, oh my gosh, she has, there were so many crossword puzzles lying around the house. She subscribed to the local paper just for the crossword puzzles. And also a rosy outlook on life can boost your longevity. I think my mom would have probably gotten to 100 had she not smoked. She had a, she was living independently, had a very strong, optimistic, Point of view uh, But yeah I don't think the smoking helped Researchers are pursuing new theories To understand why some people live longer Then there's cellular Senescence Through the course of life Our cells sustain damage from disease Injury or stress When we're younger The amount of these cells is low But they linger as we age These so-called senescent cells do not die Instead they produce A toxic substance That can spread To other cells In the body And impair their function These senescent cells Promote the development Of many diseases Of aging Another area of interest Involves biomarkers Of aging Using various tests And measurements Researchers seek To contrast One's biological age From their chronological age you're only as old as you feel Different people appear to age at different rates But we don't understand why So There are biomarkers that are being developed That are predicted, predictive at an individual level These tools can measure the efficacy Of different interventions That might be worth worthy of watching To increase lifespan If someone's biological age is 70 Even though their chronological age is 60 Medical experts might suggest ways to slow their biological clock. Such interventions can include more exercise, better nutrition, or even drugs that target an individual's predisposition to disease. This all from Barons.com. Very interesting. Someone, I don't know if this person is going to live to 100. Who knows? He may or may not, but at this point... Doesn't matter because he's young now, and he's <laughs> and uh, the future is is ahead of us, and who knows? But he says it's very simple. We have multiple paths. We control them all. We have operational control, total leverage, moral high ground. POTUS must start second term now. That, according to a CNN report yesterday, is an excerpt from a series of text messages sent by Donald Trump Jr., the then president's oldest son, 
to the then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. This was November 5th of 2020, two days after Election Day and two days before major media decision desks called the presidential election for Joe Biden. The text messages reportedly turned over by Meadows to the bipartisan House Select Committee investigating the events surrounding January 6th of 2021. Also suggest that Trump's electors be substituted for state electors empowered through traditional processes and referenced the conditions under which the election could be thrown to the House of Representatives rather than being determined by votes cast by the U.S. electorate. The Trump Jr. messages conclude with his calls on Meadows to see that various executive branch personnel moves including a firing of the FBI director Trump himself had put in place after firing his predecessor, were made in order to effectuate a second presidential term for his father, popular vote, and electoral college results notwithstanding. Biden's popular vote margin nationwide exceeded 7 million. On social media in the wake of the CNN exclusive report, notable observers called attention to the timing of the Trump Jr. texts, their context, the implications for American democracy, and in a tweet from former Republican Party Chairman Michael Steele, their assessment of the former president's fellow Republicans at all levels. This according to MSN and from CNN, but oh, actually, this was from Market Watch. So, watching that, very interesting. Okay, outside a cafe, anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley. I am so glad that the past several minutes that I've done this show now for what, how long we've been going for about 20 minutes or 22 minutes. And not a single person from my job has texted me or called me or emailed me. Thanks. Because they often forget that it's called a weekend for a reason. Ah! And I want to thank you for listening to this podcast, even though I have no listeners. Thank you. You are probably not a listener, even though you're listening. But I have no listeners, so therefore you don't exist. But I never get any plays or downloads or any of that stuff that would suggest that someone's listening to the show. So thank you for listening to the show, person that's not listening to the show. But thank you for listening. But if you would like to call and tell me what you think about anything we covered today, 336-MM-DAILY. 3 plus 3 equals 6. MM is in Mike Matthews Daily, as in what this podcast has been now for quite a few days. Look who's here. Hello, Mike Matthews. It's Kelly Stewart. Shop supervisor Mike Matthews It is springtime And I have a lot of allergies I know You sneezed about 80 times uh, the, uh, Before the podcast There That's right Mike Matthews That's right uh, You feeling better? Yes Mike Matthews I'm feeling quite nice Even though I had to put A little aloe on my nose Because it hurt From all the Sneezing Mike Matthews and it's e- more difficult because you have the retainers. But, you know, when you're eating the popcorn, you remove them, right? That's right, Mike Matthews. That's smart. Because you don't want to eat the popcorn and get it in your braces and go, I did it. Uh-huh. That's right. I did it. 
It's a funny commercial I've seen. Look, Wilson, don't you love people that reference commercials? And maybe, maybe you've seen it. May, I, I, there's this one guy I know. He doesn't know anything about how you can watch stuff on YouTube and whatnot. So he still watches old-timey television, like the old-timey networks and whatnot, and sits through the TV. I mean, he doesn't even have the, what was it, Vimo or Vimeo? What was the thing? Vizio? No, that's a TV. Uh, the thing that we had Timo. Remember that we had something where you, you record it and then play it back later? Which I never got into. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend all my time fast forwarding. Great. Fast forwarding through the commercials. But he still watches like just network TV and has to tell me, you know, that commercial. No, buddy, I don't watch commercials. That's the whole point of having streaming services is not to watch stupid commercials. And stop calling me during the weekend. Look who else is here. Hello, Mike. This is Floyd the Floorman. And this is John Deere, the engineer, Mike. That's very fascinating about how to get to 100 years of age. I hope I never have a stroke. Yes. I hope everyone that's listening to this podcast, which is no one, has a stroke. Hey, let's wrap up the show. Next show, it's going to be the wonderful Benita, the scrum fiddle player, and the brewmaster. In more ways to get a hold of me, it's a friend. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye. This is interesting. Wow, this is interesting. So interesting. So interesting. That's a crutch word for me. I like to use that word a lot. Listen, I wanted to remind you... The podcast pictured today, I don't know if I told you what it is yet. It's from the lovely area I'm only about 45 minutes away from, if there's no traffic, called Half Moon Bay. And I took this picture seven years ago. And I'm having to go back in time to pictures because I just have not had a chance to get out of my day-to-day my day-to-day has got me locked in and does not allow me to go interesting places. This is interesting places that I would love to go and take cool podcast pictures. So I'm going back in time to a podcast picture from seven years ago that I took. You have not seen yet, but I'm posting it to the website. And you can see it now on my Instagram as well as, which is a Mike Daily Podcast. That's my Instagram account at Mike's Daily Podcast. Or of course the easiest way is just go to Mike's Daily Podcast.com.